0: This week on the Vergecast, Alex Kranz joins the show. We talk about the new Valve Steam Deck, Netflix potentially getting into gaming, a lot of little bits of Apple news, and some billionaires going into space. That's coming up on the Vergecast now.
1: When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef,
2: what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so...
1: Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com with
3: Amex. Terms apply. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast.
0: The flagship podcast of the freedom phone.
4: No, <laughs> we're
0: not going to talk about it yet. It's coming up later. I just want all 10 people who have tweeted us about the freedom phone to know it's on my mind. I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about you. I'm Neela. I'm your friend. Dita Brown is here. I am tabs located in the correct place. <laughs> A win for all of us. Alex Kranz is here. Hello.
5: I'm neither of those things.
0: Well, <laughs> I was like, I'm movable UI. <laughs> I'm undiscoverable buttons and weird gestures. Uh, welcome back, Alex. It's been a couple of weeks.
5: I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: It's like a quiet summer week. Dieter and I were trying to figure out what the through line of today's episode was, and uh, we've settled on chaos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of little things going on. But we've got a bunch of actually really interesting COVID stories this week. Uh, Nicole Wetsman, who is leading the charge on all of our COVID coverage for over a year now. Do you know if she started like two weeks before the pandemic? Yeah, here's Rough. just a little like a little backstory. Nicole started and she was uh, going to be our health reporter, and we had all this like we had all these ideas about how we were going to cover health and tech and Apple and and all. The, and then I was like, we have a we have another idea for you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, she has a great story uh, this week about the vaccine supply chain and all these tiny companies along the way of the supply chain that. Had no cybersecurity protections, had no information security staff at all, uh, and how all of that had to be secured really fast. It's a really fascinating story. Uh, go check it out. Like we live in this world of like big companies and ransomware and executive orders, and then this is just about a bunch of little companies that had to get their act together really fast to get the vaccines out. And it's it's good news. Like they did it. So I encourage you to read a story about people actually doing the right thing and delivering. It's a nice change of pace. I love it. It's a good change of pace. Speaking of delivering, and actually, here's like a happy thing that Foxconn did. I'm starting on a a good note here. So the political status of Taiwan, as I'm sure most listeners know, is like very fragile. China wants to be in charge of it. Taiwan thinks of itself as a country. Back and forth we go. To get vaccines into Taiwan, Foxconn and TSMC, the chip company, were like deputized by the Taiwanese and Chinese governments to go make the deals so that uh, like countries weren't dealing directly with Taiwan. It's very strange. But anyway, Fox Hunt and TSMC have now made a deal to buy 10 million doses of COVID vaccines and distribute them in Taiwan.
5: Oh, that's great.
0: You just like watch the vaccine distribution story hit all of the other pieces of the puzzle that we are always talking about, including international trade um, issues. Uh, so that's really interesting that if you read that story, you can see the mechanics were really interesting. And then... We're now like learning more about the vaccines. We're learning more about COVID. So we have a gigantic data set uh, that can now, using machine learning, predict the severity of COVID if you get it, which is super fascinating. So all these kind of downstream effects of what's going on with COVID. All that is to say, in this country at least, there are like two populations, vaccinated, unvaccinated. And the unvaccinated population is the case counts are rising and the severity is rising. So if you are not vaccinated, please, I beg you, go get the shot. I, I I got it. Dieter, Dieter got it. Yep. I got it. There you go. Yeah. Here we are. So like, I just beg you, I know I know it's hard. And today the White House actually somewhat alarmingly <laughs> started talking about COVID misinformation and how it spreads on social platforms and walked. I think Addy will have a story by the time this podcast is out, but um, walked right up to the line of like uncomfortable, like content moderation suggestions <laughs> for Facebook <laughs> because they, they have this big push to get people vaccinated and over the line and actually- um, bring the pandemic to an end. So yeah, it may be, may be over the line. I think Addie is writing about it right now, but you, you see that push and it's because America is by one sort of aggregate metric doing well. And then if you dive into locations and counties and regions and different groups, just
4: a wide split. If you live in Arkansas in particular, please go get vaccinated and tell your friends to go get vaccinated. It's messing with my travel plans.
0: It's weird. It, even... Um, I don't know where I'm from in Wisconsin. It's like county by county, the rates are like swinging 20%. It's absolutely wild. So if you haven't, please do. If you know people are hesitant, please be that person who helps bring it along so we can finally bring this to an end. Okay, that's COVID. By the way, our science team is still just relentlessly covering it, even though they want, they're like, can we? And I'm like, not yet. So let's just like, do it for them.
4: Okay. I would say this is the biggest news. Yeah. Biggest gadget news of the week. The news happened right before we started recording, which was great because we have a big gadget news to talk about now. Yeah, we had nothing. <laughs> That's not <laughs> Thank true. you, Valve, for <laughs> announcing this paperware.
0: <laughs> the Stream Deck. Dieter, what is the Stream Deck? The Stream Deck is a, um, it's the Switch Pro. Steam Deck. Andrew just corrected me. The audience okay. didn't hear it. I said yeah. Stream Deck. Yeah, you did. But it's the Steam Deck. The reason I said Stream Deck is Elgato is also having an event right now. Yep. Where they're announcing a bunch of creator stuff. Yeah. Including an updated Stream
4: Deck. <sighs> this is gonna be super great. The Steam Deck? Imagine what you were hoping the Switch Pro would be, and that's what the Steam Deck is. Is it? No, it's not quite. <laughs> it's a it's a portable thing that looks like a just a really big honking, chonky switch. Uh, it's got AMD chips in it, so a quad-core Zen 2 CPU and eight compute units with AMD, RDNA DNA, two graphics, whatever. Um, it is a base price of 399 but don't buy that one because it has super slow EMC storage, and it can go up to 649 And it runs Linux, but you could install Windows on it if you want, and it's designed to play games that you can buy on Steam, which is great. There's no way this thing is real. What are you talking about? Oh,
0: it's totally real. Jay Castranc has had a had a tweet that sums up this whole thing, which is big Kickstarter 2017 energy. <laughs> <laughs> it looks
4: great. These are obviously renders. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We we had we had the Steam controller there for a hot minute and these these actually have the little thumb touchpad things. Like the, that big that was the big idea of the Steam controller is you don't need a mouse and a keyboard because you've got touchpads on your on your controller. Yeah. So they brought those back.
5: I think they did it also in the most cowardly way possible though because they did it like right under the the joysticks. So you're, like your thumb the, the meat of your thumb is always going to be just sitting on those touchpads. Constantly, Maybe. I don't know how to play a video game. I'm trying to think of how you hold one in your hand. But, like, I just wish they'd kind of committed one way or the other to, to the joysticks or the touchpad, if it exists.
4: I mean, I think they learned from the, the Steam controller that uh, that the idea is not as good as their hopes were for it. And it's gone. You can't buy it. You can for a while there in 2019 you could buy one for five bucks. They had a fire sale, but now those are gone.
5: I still have mine. I'll sell it to you.
4: Really? Oh yeah. I, I would not like it at all.
5: I don't have actually the the little remote to plug into your computer. So I don't uh-huh. think it's actually useful at all. I don't know how <laughs> I could use it. But I have it. I'm actually actually very excited about this device. Why? It just like you know how you see a really kind of crummy gadget? but it just hits that like gadget lust. You're just like yeah. this looks dumb, but it also looks like I would spend like 4 hours playing with it and it would yeah. be a great 4 hours. That's like yeah. that's what it hits me with. I'm just like, "Oh man, this looks like I would want to go to Sharper Image and play with
0: this thing." This hits me like it has a 720p display. <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, you imagine the Switch Pro and what was the big thing about the Switch Pro? Was it was 4K output? Yeah. And maybe a slightly higher resolution display. And like the Switch Pro didn't get any of that. And this thing is a seven inch 720p display. Like, yeah, I don't know.
5: And it's thick and it's got like buttons on the back (laughs) that you're supposed to use your pinky.
0: Do you know what this reminds me of? I just it just hit me. This is the modern day Atari Lynx. Ooh. do you know what I'm talking about like four oh, people yeah. you you two nerds know what I'm talking about but like I had an Atari Lynx I spent so much time like saving money when I was like 13 to buy an Atari Lynx it was the talk of the middle school I had, I had the big one they actually made a second model of the Atari Lynx that was smaller but I had like the chunk yes and what it was not was a Sega Game Gear <laughs> <laughs> and like this, is, this and the Switch have like the same exact Like, this is more powerful. Like, the Lynx was more powerful.
5: Yeah, like, this isn't even, like, a Neo Geo. Like, the Neo Geo, you could be like, you know what? That was a really good console. It was just, like, nobody bought it. This is very much, like, some people are going to buy it, but it's not going to be a great experience. It's the Lynx. Like, yeah.
4: Look... I'm excited for this thing. I don't care what all you say. I've been trying to stream X Cloud Games uh, to my phone and mm-hmm. my Comcast. Disclosure: Comcast is an investor in Box Media Parent Company. whatever connection is terrible, um, <laughs> and I, you know, I just I want to play some control uh, without a TV, and uh, this will let me do that. And I'm sure it'll be great. You know, I'm sure it'll be like high high frame rate for every high everything.
0: Yeah. So uh, the battery life numbers here are super interesting because of what they called out. What's that? Right. So you can play, this is a quote they gave to IGN. You can play Portal 2 for four hours. If you limit it to 30 frames per second, you can play for five or six hours. That's right. pretty good. That's yeah. really but the good. other side of the quote is, for lighter use cases like game streaming, smaller 2D games or web browsers, you can expect a maximum battery life of seven to eight hours. Right. So they are explicitly saying, oh, game streaming is a thing you should do with this device, which is really interesting. Because if you're Steam and you see that future coming, you've you've got the same App Store problems as everybody else. Mm-hmm. You're not going to stream Steam games to a Switch. Nintendo's not going to let you do that. You gotta you gotta get on the road somehow. This in that context makes a lot of sense, right? You're yep. not. It's not a console where you're like actually bringing down Steam games. It's a device that allows you to do game streaming in a, a focused way as part of the Steam ecosystem. Totally buy that.
4: Right. So it's running SteamOS, which is, you know, Steam's version of Linux, and they've got a system for getting Windows games going on that, et cetera, et cetera. But if you want, apparently you just install Windows on this thing, and Windows is, you know, already streaming Xbox. So Tom Warren already put the piece up, like, yep, just install Windows and stream Xbox, and there you go. You're good to go.
0: That is, like, there's all kinds of, like, early 2000s drivers questions around there. Like, <laughs> you can install Windows on it, like, will anything work? Like... Do you have to do BIOS hacks to, like, make it happen? Like,
5: Does it have, like, Windows Precision Touchpad on it?
4: Ooh.
0: <laughs> it would be amazing if, like, <laughs> one of the two touchpads was a Precision one and the other one wasn't.
5: <laughs> I just, I don't understand why you would get this when you can get, like, an Android device from, like, GPD or something that's a lot thinner and will do all the streaming.
4: Yeah, but it'll do the streaming, but you can't play, you can play Hades on this, right? You can play Control on this. There's a bunch of pc games that are never coming to the switch that you might want to play portable and ga- and you might have a comcast internet provider at home and you wouldn't be able to stream ever because they're terrible <laughs> uh and so you want to have you know games that aren't otherwise available available that's why this thing is compelling to me and so i refuse to believe that it's going to be bad it's going to be bad i refuse to believe it though
5: It's going to be so
4: chunky. It is very big. I love this idea
0: that how much have we talked about whether people actually game on their Android phones? Like, I still don't believe it. But like, one of the things that's true is as chips get smaller and other parts of the cell phone supply chain get more commoditized. Yeah, you can just build stuff like this. Yeah. And if you can connect it to an ecosystem like Steam, I mean, there are other like little gaming PCs around this size that we have covered. They're all like no-name manufacturers, or whatever, but they exist. Like this is a category that
4: is sort of developing quietly. Yeah, we've seen these things at CES like two a year for the past three years.
5: Well, I do find though that like this is really nerdy. The the chips in this is cool, like because it's using like a laptop mobile based chip. It's not. It's like doing like an X eighty six chip. It's not. It's not a.
6: Mm-hmm
5: arm based thing and that's not as common in something this small and amd in particular doesn't usually go this small because it's always had like it's a power hungry processor so like getting it this tiny and getting amd in there and like that's just neat that's cool i don't necessarily believe the battery life claims but i'm excited to try them out
0: yeah if it arrives. Like if it, I arrives. Just yeah.
5: be if it if it actually like shows up.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, they're supposed to ship it in December. That's what they're saying. Yeah. And pre orders start this like today, the day or listen, the Friday, they start on Friday. And the pre-orders are actually really interesting. They are trying to stop scalpers. And so it's a you have to put down like a five dollar deposit for number one. For number two, in the first round, the only people they will allow to pre order this thing is people who have made a steam purchase before June of this year. So if you haven't bought anything on Steam, you can't rush over there right now and make an account and pre-order this thing uh, in the first wave, which is very clever.
5: Mm-hmm. I love that.
4: Now I got to find a scalper to spot something on Steam.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey, man, I successfully ordered a, a Switch OLED model today, so I'm feeling pretty pretty good about myself. Did those sell out? The The first round of pre-orders went up, and it did the thing that all console pre-orders do when they go up, is you never know which store is going to work, and maybe it works and maybe it doesn't, and then they like start flashing the buttons different colors over time, and then eventually you give up, or you eventually you get one. Yeah. So, did they sell out? It's Schrodinger's OLED Switch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so this is the... I mean, I'm joking about it being vaporware.
0: Like, they've showed off a real one to IG. Like, they're obviously going to make it go. It's, it, it's a big company. Like, Valve yeah. can do things. But the chip shortage here, especially with new look AMD chips is a real thing. Mm -hmm. Like they've, they've got to contend with it. Um, TSMC, we mentioned earlier, actually is booking record revenue and saying the chip shortage is going to extend into next year. Right. So like there's massive demand for every chip that everybody can make, but there's just not enough. Right. Car makers. We, I keep talking to car CEOs and decoder. They're all like, yep. Into next year. Like it's not what we, it's not transient. It's like. This is another year of this shortage that we're kind of all looking at. So we'll see. Again, I'm excited. This is the exact sort of thing that, if not for a convoluted pre-order scheme, I would just impulse buy on the show. And once you get me there, I'm I'm ready to click the button. Speaking of games, the other kind of biggest news of the week, and then, like I said, just a a litany of other things, but the other kind of headline-making news this week, Netflix has hired a former EA and Oculus executive to lead game efforts. Alex, walk me through this one. I don't... I'm just like, can everybody focus?
5: Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. You know, I'm hearing like... We heard two kind of different theories for what games at Netflix could look like. And there's the one like... Oh, they've got... The one I went to that I've been since told is stupid, which is that like... They, they've they got this big streaming infrastructure in place. They know how to get content onto your devices. So how hard is it to do like what Google and Microsoft have been doing and just do cloud gaming, but Netflix style, right? And like they 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 know how to make deals with big partners and stuff. So they could do that. But I've been told that's probably very stupid and not what's going to happen. And more likely it's like they're going to start partnering to do like mobile games and more beginner gamer friendly stuff using netflix ip so like stranger things bridgerton there's talk of a bridgerton game oh my god i don't know what that would mean only good things like i <laughs> was like a dating sim i don't yeah
0: yeah he lots of outfits
5: yeah like a little little doll that i dress up and bridgerton clothes. i mean honestly i would play that in a heartbeat But yeah, so I guess there's like this idea that they're going to just start... Because Netflix has really been pushing to try to find other revenue streams. And so the big one is like, well, let's do games. Let's do events. So besides just WitcherCon, there's going to be like a Bridgerton ball. Oh, my God. I would honestly love to go and and witness that. I hope everybody dresses in the outfits.
0: So you mentioned uh, different revenue streams. Like, What is fascinating about that is Netflix historically... Right? They only have the one revenue stream, which is you pay for Netflix. Yeah, that's it. And then you can you can like, there's some different pricing tiers, but they have like two strategies. One is they go find more customers mm-hmm. and that's kind of like who's left. And the other one is they just like slowly raise the prices on you. But there isn't some other thing that you can buy from Netflix. Like you can just buy Netflix access. So right. to me, a huge question here is, is this just more Netflix that you get for the same price? Or is this another thing that you would pay
4: extra for and actually becomes a second revenue stream? Or they just start like making mobile games based on their IP and trying to just cash out on that. Here's here's my idea for Netflix. Disney got into video streaming. I think Netflix should get into amusement parks. I want Bridgerton <laughs> World. Really bad. I buy it. Witcher World would be good. Oh, I feel
0: like um, uh, Julia's not here. We need to like officially hand over the Julia disclaimer block to katie yeah we'll we'll do it in some way we'll have our own event and like julia can like anoint katie with all the disclosures <laughs> be but beautiful. i have to disclose uh, vox media has a netflix show that has explained the verge has a netflix show in production there's a disclaimer and once upon a time someone thought about making a quibi show quibi's up for like f- like eight emmys i don't even know how that <laughs> it's up for so many
4: Oh, further disclosure: the uh, executive in question here was at Oculus. Uh, my wife works at Oculus, which is a division of Facebook. Did we already did the Comcast disclosure. Is there anything else? That, that should do it for now. Yeah, I have an LG TV.
0: Is, is that important to know? I have <laughs> one LG and one Sony. I only buy off-brand HDMI cables. If that's important to anyone, um, yeah. I just I, I think the the big question for all these streaming services now, right? Like Netflix has all the people, finding growth, like watching that churn, like Netflix subscribers go up and sometimes they turn off, but it's kind of just like a permanent, they're in the enviable position if it's a default that you subscribe to. You're watching HBO Max try to collect subscribers. It's doing okay. Disney's doing great. Peacock is not.
5: I just subscribed to it though. I'm the one, the one person that subscribed.
0: But why? Why? They put out a press release about you.
5: Yeah, they did. They were like, we got one. No, it was some British show about women in a rock band. And I watched, they got me. There was like the one free episode. And they were like, do you want to watch it? I was like, sure. And they were like, well, to watch the rest, you have to subscribe or pirate. And I was like, I'm going to be good and, and subscribe.
0: Uh, there was a button that was like pirate that like no. clicked you into Plex <laughs> and like off you just automatically
5: went. appears in my head. That's part of my movable UI. It just appears just for me. <laughs>
0: uh, That's like your AR glasses Or like, yeah. <laughs> another choice exists.
5: And I was like, I'll be good. I will pay for this content. And it was a cute show. And now I'm like, well, now I have Peacock and I don't know. I'm trying to like watch things on it just so I can. I should just cancel it. But...
0: <laughs> did you watch your Oh, did you watch the whole rock band show
5: yeah it was only six episodes
0: did you pay for without ads it's very hard to pay for peacock
5: it was it was hard to like buy it it was hard to like and i was also on my apple tv and trying to like do it through there and they're like well you have to log in on your phone i was like ah. Oh. so i had to like go get my phone out because it was charging it was six
0: here's my my favorite part of the paying for peacock experience this is, <laughs> a tr- this is true yeah if you if you just buy it directly it charges your credit card twice so it charges you once for Peacock, $4.99, and then you get a separate charge that's Peacock without ads, which is like another three ninety nine. dollars And it's like, you couldn't figure this out, could you? That I just bought the one without ads. Like, <laughs> <laughs> peacock is betting big on the Olympics. It's, peacock is NBC. Oh, yeah. NBC has the Olympics. They're expecting this all to happen. But you're just kind of looking at these, these companies in this battle of streaming giants, and they're all just like out of people. Right. Like if you want to get another customer, you have to take it away from Netflix. You have to convince them that you should pay in addition to Netflix or whatever other five streaming services you have. Or you have to convince them that they should stop playing Fortnite or whatever. And this is like Netflix explicitly is like our competition is Fortnite because you're paying for us anyway. And so we have to convince you that the Netflix icon is a better use of your limited amount of time than your Xbox or whatever. And so like, you can see why they would chase into games, because if you if your CEO has just like wandered the earth being like, actually, our competition is Fortnite. Like someone's going <laughs> to that you should just make a Fortnite. <laughs> I just with I don't. Bridgerton characters with Bridgerton characters. But I, I think that like the idea that streaming games are, like, you know, the, the core idea is very simple, that you'll run the game in a in a data center and you'll stream the video of the video game to you. And you'll pass back controls in some low latency way. And like, of course, this makes sense. And Netflix is really good at streaming video. So, like, of course, they would just like be able. But like, it's really low latency video. You have to be able to pass the controls back. You have to run video games at a data center. Like, I doubt Netflix is buying gaming hardware for its data centers. They're just
4: sending out like video streams.
5: And like Google and Amazon both tried this. And with mixed results.
4: I mean, Google's still trying this technically. And so is Amazon.
5: Yes, technically they both still exist. (laughs) I will one day finish my playthrough of Baldur's Gate on Stadia, but then I have to subscribe to Stadia again.
0: (laughs) So you got to reallocate your Peacock dollars. You see the problem. (laughs)
5: Ah! (laughs) I think it's a long shot, but the the cloud gaming idea is a very big long shot because there's just so much engineering they have to do. And if google couldn't get together the people to make the games exclusively for their cloud console netflix is going to probably have a problem too or it'll all be like european and korean pop song like video games much like their their content is now all like international content right you don't see as much english language versus content so far lately
0: well, they just had they just had WitcherCon, so Witcher, yeah. the second season of Witcher is coming out. Sexy Beasts, the oh, yeah. Netflix dating show where people dress up in just full animal makeup. I love uh, it. That, that's, I get an email about that from Netflix every day. They're very excited <laughs> about it. So many things are happening on Netflix. <laughs> Two things at once. Sexy Beasts, the dating sim, would actually be kind of intense. But I that problem, that. I, I think we're going to see it over the next year the problem of the market being saturated and watching TV being so complicated is only getting worse. And like it has waxed and waned. I think we covered a lot of this action last year, but as Amazon has its MGM transaction, which is not a guarantee,
4: Mm -hmm. right? Right. The FTC
0: is, is looking at it and all this stuff, but Amazon beefs up prime video. Apple continues to invest. They, Apple got a bunch of Emmy nominations for Ted Lasso. Like they're feeling good about Apple TV plus, regardless of whether it makes any sense for them to do.
5: It's low key, great. It's it's way better use of your five dollars than Peacock. I subscribe to both.
4: Yeah. Although okay. the monster. Yeah. I have not paid for Apple TV Plus yet. I just they keep sending me the email saying, guess what? We're refunding you your five bucks. That's it. Cool. <laughs> they will ruthlessly find a way to end your whatever
0: free trial you're on before Ted Lasso comes out. I think that's the plan, actually. Oh yeah. 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 And so I just haven't signed like I really want to watch For All Mankind season two. And people mm-hmm. say it's, like, amazing. Um, wow. I really want to watch uh, season two of Mythic Quest. Oh, yeah. I, we finally started
4: watching Mythic Quest. It's so good. It's really good. The first season was great. It's ruthlessly going after, like, you know, micropayments in games, going after Apple. It's ruthlessly going after a bunch of, like, Ubisoft means, and Ubisoft is, like, part of the production of this thing. Like, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, so I'm just waiting until Ted Lasso... The next season comes out. I'm going to pay for it and we'll watch all those shows at once and then cancel it. Just like wait for the seasons to come out again. But like Netflix doing games like Apple wants to push Apple Arcade. Like Netflix is a really important partner to Apple on the Apple TV. They're just going to crash into each other in weird and strange ways. And there's a part of me that says, yep, Netflix is sort of the default winner. They've got to come up with more stuff. But if they don't keep their eye on the ball. It is true that HBO Max has a better and more interesting catalog. A much worse app. Yeah. Just yeah. a disaster of an app everywhere you look, but the library is better. Hulu and Peacock and Apple are not sitting still with that library. Like you got to you got to stay on the ball before you you get distracted by this other stuff.
5: I'm kind of curious though because Netflix is it's so big that it's kind of used that like its size to to knock people around including Apple, right? Like if you go into the TV app on the Apple TV You don't get Netflix shows because Netflix said, yeah, we don't we don't need to work with that. We don't need to be a part of this this uh, experience. And if they're going to go into games, they're going to kind of need to work with people. They're going to need something from from Apple or Google or whoever. And I'm really curious to see what happens then.
0: They're going to launch exclusively on the Steam Deck. I hope like I hope like Valve executives are like checking the site. See what our coverage of the Steam Deck was like, and they see the Netflix news. And Netflix executives are reading the site, see what their coverage is like, and they see the Steam Deck news, and they're like, yeah, it's two great tastes. I mean, those are the two biggest headlines. We're going to take a break. There's just a whole list of other stuff we should talk about, including 5,000 bits and bobs of Apple news. But let's take a break. We'll be right back.
6: Support for the podcast comes from Hims. Look, we all need help, but for some of us guys, it can be a real challenge to be so vulnerable. There are just some things we'd rather keep to ourselves. Hims knows how you feel, which is why they're looking to provide you the help you need, discreetly. Introducing Hims, a men's healthcare product looking to provide simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for men. The entire process is 100% online, so you can get a new routine of improving your overall health in private. If prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and in discreet packaging. No waiting rooms, no pharmacy visits. So while it can be tough to deal with this part of your life, it doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash verge. That's H I M S.com slash verge for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash verge prescription to require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See HIMS.com slash verge for details and important safety information. Subscription required price varies based on product and subscription plan.
0: Okay. Which of these bits and bobs of Apple news do you want to start with, Peter? Oh, let's start with the betas. I mean, there's, like, one thing about the betas.
4: It's, like, Apple listened to everyone. Apple listened to everyone, and they almost fixed the tab layout in Safari. (laughs) They didn't actually fix it. They almost fixed it. So now the URL bar is separate uh, on desktop, which is great. Uh, They, like, brought back some more stuff on the mobile bar, so you've got, you know, more than, like, one button that's not hidden. Um, and then that all seems fine, except that the tabs are just, like, floating buttons above your browser window. Just, like, there's they're just some buttons, and those are the tabs. And one of them is 3% darker than the rest of them, and that's your active tab.
0: <laughs> yeah. What are
4: you doing? Ugh. I get the feeling that inside of, like, Apple's
0: user experience design labs, they are thoroughly convinced that this is a better way. And then people just need to get used to it and they will come around. But like they have only talked to themselves and they've convinced themselves that this is true. And then they put out the betas and they got all the feedback. And these are very grudging changes in the direction of maybe the discoverability of the interface and your most important app shouldn't be hidden. Right. Because like they still haven't put the refresh button at the top level of the nav, right? Like that button should just always be in front of you. I'm happy they're changing it. I hope they continue to change. Like, honestly, they should change it all the way back. The only thing I support is moving moving the address part of the bottom so you can reach it.
4: Yeah, moving the address part of the bottom, good. Uh, all the rest, bad. And I think that they, they want us to be thankful for what we had before, and so they just gave us something worse. And then when they go back to what we had before, we'll be like, oh, Apple, you're so good at design. You finally figured it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I see a bunch of ideas here that are like, we're Apple. Let's be bold, especially in the, in the mobile browser. Mm-hmm. But I just like the idea that you have the home bar at the bottom that you can swipe between apps and then like 20 pixels above it. You have that address bar that you can s- swipe between web tabs. Mm-hmm. That's a mistake. Yeah. Like a lot of people are going to screw that up just on accident all the time. Well, hopefully they keep changing it. I'd like to congratulate them for trying. Keep going. You can do it. You can get all the way there. You can get all the way there to a user interface. that People understand the danger is that they're going to release iOS 15 and the story will be that the web browser is bad. Yeah. And like, we've seen this now, like as important as we think we are, like we'll put out stories on how it works, but like the chatter on Twitter is just going to be, this thing is stupid and there's no way to control that. There's no way to, you can't pay influencers to influence that conversation. Like <laughs> it's just going to get away from them. Like you can just see it coming like a train. So I, I hope they figure it out.
5: That's actually going to be in an episode of Ted Lasso.
0: <laughs> Social media is once again out of control. <laughs> uh, Ted La- actually the two, the Ted Lasso and Mythic Quest are hilarious in this respect. So Ted Lasso is like full of product placement, right? Like yeah. they all have Macs, they all have iPhones. Mythic Quest is a show about game development, Like they just all have PCs <laughs> and like Razor PCs.
5: Like, really clearly labeled Razer PCs. Like, no yeah. mistake what it is.
0: Yeah. It's, great. it's like, do you know a company that's making a show? Um, it's deeply
4: hilarious. There's a bunch of iPhone 13 rumors and an iPad mini rumor. So, the iPhone 13 rumor is basically that uh, Apple is going to make a Galaxy S21 Ultra. And that will be the next version of the iPhone Pro Max. That's it. Like, they're going to switch to an LTPO screen, is the rumor, and they're going to have an improved optical zoom. Supposedly for video recording, I don't know what that's about, but it just sounds to me like they're going to maybe put a Periscope on it, and they're definitely going to put an LTPO screen that'll have variable refresh rate, finally. And that'll be the thing that gets you to use a pro iPhone instead of the regular one. So the
0: optical zoom in video, you said Periscope. That's because in video you want a smooth zoom, you don't want to switch between
4: lenses is that your inference here no you can you can if you have a periscope inside the phone you can get a longer zoom optically than you can otherwise that's all yeah now sony is doing a thing where you can have it like a it can actually switch the focal lengths between zooms it's like physically moving the lenses which is nuts that's on the xperia 1 3 but i would be very very surprised if apple did that i think we are definitely the place where, like, Apple is putting stuff out on the iPhone a couple—one to two years after Samsung does it. And yeah. they often will implement it better than Samsung. But, you know, we're super late in variable refresh rate screens on iPhones. It's nice that they're going to go LTPO. That's, like, what is going to enable it. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to say it. Apple, I am begging you to leave the Lightning port on this phone because it seems like the other alternative is no port. And, <laughs> like— Come on. Well, so there's this rumor. Um, is it it's quo who says
0: MagSafe, the MagSafe ecosystem is not ready. The Apple wants to do it, but the MagSafe ecosystem isn't ready. Right. I would remind you that Apple is fully in control of the MagSafe ecosystem. Mm-hmm. There are no MagSafe products. There just aren't. It's the battery. Apple just made its
4: own hundred dollar MagSafe <laughs> battery. I just bought a $50 anchor battery that has a little MagSafe magnet on it.
0: But that that one is a fake. As far as I can tell, that one, it, like, uses the magnets and uses Qi, Uh but it doesn't support the higher MagSafe charging rate. Oh, that's correct. Yep. Right. So it's, like, it's sort of a – in the sense that Apple cannot restrict magnetism from operating in the world, (laughs) it is a MagSafe product. Not for lack of trying. (laughs) Like, (laughs) they can't make the magnets not be magnets. Like, yes, it clicks onto the back, but then it's just a Qi charging battery. Right. That aligns itself. And this is kind of what Apple said, like when they announced the iPhone 12, like, yep, it's got magnets on the back. We, we can't stop you. But what they can do is say it can only charge at certain rates. Right. So their new $100 MagSafe battery can charge at the f- full rate. It can. When it's plugged in. When it's plugged in. Right. I think it's five watts when it's not plugged in. Correct. And it can go to like 15 when it's actually plugged in. mm
4: mm-hmm. And it also displays its battery life in Apple's little battery widget, which no other non-Apple device can do, so you can see it next to your watch battery and your AirPod battery and whatever. Yeah. And it does reverse charging. You can reverse charge the puck from your phone if your phone is plugged in, which I don't think they're going to let anybody else do. They're definitely not going to let anybody else do. But it's just funny to,
0: to be like, we're moving towards a portless iPhone, and the reason we are not all the way there yet is this ecosystem hasn't developed, and it's like, well... You haven't let anybody make anything. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, I complain about the Apple accessory ecosystems. The same is somewhat true of Lightning, but like all anybody wants to make is cables to charge your phone over (laughs) Lightning. So like (laughs) people just make them and they knock them off. But the MagSafe thing to me is we're cruising towards a year of the iPhone 12, right? It's just a couple months before Mm -hmm. the 13 is going to come out. And there are no accessories for this innovative new system.
4: There is a wider diversity of types of. Uh, Add ons under the Moto Mod modular brand than there are for MagSafe. Wow. That's it. I mean, we should just put that on the site. We should just.
0: We, I mean, yeah. Of all of the things you have proposed writing for the website, <laughs> <laughs> the burning the MagSafe ecosystem with Moto Mods is the way to go. Yeah. Uh, I do like the idea that if you have the iPhone 12 mini, which does not have great battery life, this thing clicks on the back, you can still reach the phone. Like, that's cool. Yeah. I'm into that.
5: I mean, it ruins like the whole reason to get the mini though, which is that women can put it in their pockets.
4: Well, it's, this is like Z axis instead of, you know, X and Y axis. So
5: Uh, those pockets are tiny.
4: Yeah. We've got to get
0: one. We got to play with one. This is just like funny to me. It's like this whole, eco. like I have the moment car mount. It's great. It's just a little black circle. Yeah. Definitely does not charge my phone. Yeah. It's a great, it's like the coolest car mount I've ever had. And I think Bridgecast listeners know. That's high praise. Like, <laughs> cause you, you can get them all. <laughs> it's very easy, but it doesn't charge the phone. Yeah. And it's like, why? Uh, the number of people who have tweeted me that like they've bought a series of hacks to turn the regular MagSafe puck into a car mount. Yeah. I, yeah, I get it. Hmm? But it's because no one else can get that puck into their actual product. Right. It's, it's, they're just killing me. It's like they have these, all, all these cool accessory ideas and they just come to nothing. All right. They're going to buy Sunday ticket. (laughs) (laughs) That's the solution. (laughs) Well, so there's more again, bits and bobs new this week. Yeah. NFL Sunday ticket is like the grand prize of NFL licensing rights. Yep. DirecTV has had it for years. It's just a horrible experience. Bad app doesn't work.
4: Everything about that experience is designed to make you buy DirecTV hardware. Right. So the thing about uh, DirecTV having an FL Sunday ticket is if you are in a place where you can get DirecTV, they might not let you sign up for it because they want you to get DirecTV with Sunday ticket. You can't sign up for just the online version of it. So I have consistently, up until last year when I stopped doing it, just – made up addresses on DirecTV's website until I found (laughs) one that they would let me buy direct Sunday ticket. So if for nothing else that uh, I won't have to lie about where I live to a company so that I can pay for their service, I hope Apple does this.
0: Yeah, so Amazon has been ordered to buy it a bunch. Amazon Mm. just bought some other NFL rights. It just comes up a lot, right? Like here's this prize that will make everybody buy your service. Apple apparently wants it. That would be like... You know, Eddie Q is a huge sports fan. You can just see him being like, "This will, this is what I want. This is the win." But like, Amazon wants it. Like, I would bet that the various vice presidents that run AT and T, yeah, like just realize that they're like, "Oh shit, we own Direct TV. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe we should put it in our other streaming service that actually works." Uh, so I, there's going to be a bidding war. But it's fascinating to me that Apple. Like I said, I still don't really understand the strategic reason for Apple to make content, especially because they've distributed that app over everything, mm-hmm. right? It's not selling hardware for them. They can just get it on your smart TV. I've yet to see the reason. They're making good stuff. Totally understand that. Why are they doing it? And then why would they spend all this money for streaming rights to stream it on other people's smart TVs? Like,
4: still very confusing to me. How long until Apple TV Plus costs 10 bucks a month?
5: Ted Lasso um, Season 4.
4: Yeah. No, I mean that's the whole question. That's the, the answer to your question is what's this, the plan here? The plan here is they have to charge more than five bucks a month, and so they're gonna. And so the question is when. Dieter, I get that, but like they put the app on every smart TV platform
0: under the sun, uh-huh. on Roku, on Android. Like it is shocking to me that my Chromecast with Google TV has an Apple TV app. Like of all the ones they wouldn't do, I would expect they wouldn't do that one, but they went ahead and did it, and actually a little crashy, but overall great. Yeah. Just like the Chromecast with Google TV is (laughs) as a whole. But there's no app for Android phones, right? And if you're going to make a service like this, eventually you have to be like, well, here's a huge marketplace of people who might want to also watch our shows. Mm -hmm. And so like that to me is, yeah, they could charge more money, but then they're just squeezing more money out of a small market instead of setting the same price out of a big market.
5: Is it supposed to be like iMessage where... They're keeping it off Android so that you'll be like, well, I really want to watch Ted Lasso on my phone, so I guess I better get an iPhone.
0: Is yes. that weird?
5: I mean, I would think so. I, I I do, but but I also watch everything on my TV.
4: Yeah, that, I mean, there's a theory there, right? That they know that most like more and more viewing time is going to tablets and phones, so they want to have that be the draw to iOS devices, and just as a nice service, uh, they will make it available on every smart TV under the sun so that that doesn't become a blocker for you if you're thinking about subscribing. Getting it on TVs is not about getting it on TVs. It's about making sure that people who will subscribe on their iPhone uh, don't say no because they can't get it on their TV. It's the anti quibby strategy is basically what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I buy all of this, but the cynical flip side of that is that, yep, it's a lock-in strategy. Right. You're not going to buy an Android phone because you love Ted Lasso so much, and I what? What? Like, <laughs> what? like they're, they're all smarter than that. Like, just, just like imagine that meeting. Um, but I do think if they get Sunday ticket, then it becomes a real lock-in strategy. You want to watch any football game any Sunday? You yep. have to have an iPhone. Yep. That reminds me to your point, Dieter. Like these companies are just turning the cell carriers again. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what Verizon did with the yep. NFL. It never inspired me to get Verizon. It only inspired me to hate Verizon. <laughs> and ruthlessly pirate football games. <laughs> this keeps coming up on this, episode, on this show. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. Like I said, bits and bobs. Here's the last one. In this story was just a real, real wild ride for Haim. D- Dieter, do you want to explain the weather app? No, I want to be the one to make the joke. All right, fine. <laughs> so Haim Gartenberg, who is uh, a mathematical person, I would say, mm-hmm. noticed uh, that the weather app on his phone would not say that it was 69 degrees. Nice. Thank you, Dieter. I appreciate you. <laughs> anyway, so he looks into this. It's only on some versions of iOS. It doesn't appear to be happening on iOS 15. We write it up because it's funny. It's slow week, as you can tell by the news we're talking about. Everyone just assumes Apple is doing this on purpose. We assumed that they're doing it. It's a it's like very Apple thing to do. Yeah. Right? And then people start tweeting. Hi, me. Starts figuring it out. It turns out Apple's getting the core data underneath in Celsius and converting to Fahrenheit. And just the rounding error just, like, prevents 69 from happening. Like, it just always rounds up to 70, it rounds down to 68. So we update the post. It's really funny. Here's the second funny thing that happened. Our dear friend, Marquez Brownlee, also noticed this. He's, like, a video creator. Video, like That's his brain, right? So we we put up the story. We're tweeting about it. We're doing all this stuff. He just made a video about it. He made a yeah. video about it on TikTok. Great. Awesome. Whatever. We followed up. We are text first. We made our TikTok video because we had this, like, small... TikTok renegade channel that I can't stop from happening, right? And everyone in TikTok's like, they didn't know, they don't know we have a website. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all like, "You copied my cousin." We're like, "We got to leave this alone." But the other day, our social media manager, Kate and Caitlin, Hatton, made a TikTok being like, "We have a website. <laughs> <laughs> we have a YouTube channel and an Instagram. Like, we exist. We exist." <laughs> <laughs> it's like really funny. It was like the second it was like the the second order, like deeply hilarious part of that story was like our TikTok audience doesn't know that the verge is a website. It thinks it's just her. It's great. They, yeah, they think it's Caitlin. Yeah, because people are like, why are you verified? You have so few followers. And she's like, because of the because of because we exist And the comments. <laughs> were like, see, she has a successful business. And it's great. Caitlin does have a successful business. Good job, Kayla. Caitlin's in charge now. Please direct all complaints to her. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's take another break. We'll come back and run through a bunch of policy stuff. And then billionaires just keep going to space. I hate Woo. it. Support for this
2: show comes from Fiverr, the world's largest marketplace for freelance services. In the fast-paced world of business, every decision counts. And when it comes to hiring, there's no room for guesswork. That's why Fiverr has developed solutions for businesses to make outsourcing projects simple, quick, and compliant. You can gain access to curated talent through Fiverr Pro's catalog of top freelancers, organized by skill and experience. Streamline your projects with a user-friendly dashboard where you can track progress and collaborate with your team. And for anyone needing the highest level of white glove service, Fiverr Pro's project partners can manage multiple freelancer engagements for you. Project partners will outline requirements, assemble a roster of freelancers, and manage a schedule to ensure your deliverables are completed on time. Ready to scale smarter? Visit pro.fiverr.com to sign up and use code VOX for 15% off any service. That's pro.fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, and use code VOX.
3: Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact,
0: Okay, we're back. Joe Biden keeps doing stuff. Yeah. Olivia Rodrigo's in the White House. Yeah. All kinds of things are happening. But he had a big executive order, came out last Friday, lots of bits and bobs in this order. They're all, it's all about competition, increasing competitiveness across the economy, a bunch of Vergecast stuff. I was laughing because it, it's down into the weeds of like standards patent licensing, which if you were a longtime listener of the show, you, you know that we used to spend hours talking about like LTE standards patents and FRAND. All the way down in there. But two pieces that we should spotlight here. He, this is strange, right? Like, this is stuff that when Trump did similar things were like, a little dictatory. Yeah. But he had Lena Khan, who's the new head of the FTC, and Jessica Rosenworcel, who's the acting head of the FCC, at the event with him. And he signed the order. And he was like, I strongly recommend the FCC bring back net neutrality. And he said he has a bunch of suggestions for the FTCs to do. And the reason I make the Trump comparison is Trump would often command his agencies to do things in a way presidents are not really supposed to do. And then everyone would get all up in arms. And here's like they had a party and Joe Biden's like, I think you should do this stuff. And they're like, great idea, Joe. And like the optics are different, but the concerns are the same. Right. I think the difference here is he appointed the heads of the agencies to do these things. So he's just like repeating their ideas back to them as opposed to commanding them to sell TikTok to Microsoft or whatever, whatever the hell Trump (laughs) is doing. Um, So there's I would I take the criticism. I, I hear it at the same time, Lena Khan at the FTC, like Facebook is like filing motions saying that Lena Khan shouldn't judge cases about Facebook or she shouldn't be in charge of the FTC's lawsuit against Facebook that might get refiled. Amazon is filing the same motion. You shouldn't judge the Amazon MGM merger because you as a law student wrote articles about Amazon.
4: I don't know who I'm stealing this from, but a uh, very important uh, headline we need to, we're going to write about this is that these companies are afraid of the wrath of Khan.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right. If we ran a print magazine
0: in the 90s, we'd like yeah, put our face on it with like a big yeah. If anybody if anybody is listening works for Wired, I just that's your next cover. Just like do it. Done big order says net neutrality should come back. There's not enough votes in the FCC because not enough commissioners at the FCC yet. They just haven't appointed enough commissioners to like take this vote on party lines to bring back net neutrality. We've been talking a lot about at and and streaming and all this stuff. I just want to remind everybody that Trump got elected. He installed the Jeep pie. Net neutrality went away. And at and was like, we should buy Time Warner like that was their idea and they're like we're going to do clips of game of thrones on AT&T phones and revolutionize the business with the power of 5G and they just like said a bunch of nonsense about how they could combine time warner's content with their excellent delivery it all came down to like weird preloaded android apps like any carrier idea comes down to like
5: like 3 live stream TV show services.
0: Yeah, we've we've written a mediocre Android app and now it's on everyone's home screen by default. But this cost what, billions of dollars in value. It led to a total exodus of talent from HBO. Like all their executives left. Like thousands of people got laid off in all this mess. And then it failed and now they're selling it. And like what if we just had a law that was like AT&T can't have this
4: idea anymore? <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you're not pro net neutrality. You're anti AT and T. <laughs> it, it's just like, it, it, like maybe you're going to make the argument
0: that the carriers haven't done the worst things that net neutrality proponents said they would do. Yeah, which is even to my mind kind of shaky because AT and T definitely excluded HBO Max from data caps. Like they did the things. Yep. But even if you don't buy that argument because you haven't seen it or felt it, the idea just destroys businesses notably like AOL bought Time Warner to mix content and access and destroyed itself.
5: <laughs> just don't buy Time Warner is the real note
0: here. <laughs> yeah. It's like AT&T shouldn't be allowed to do anything and don't buy Time Warner or the, the two core ideas in that neutrality itself. Um, I just want like, there's, there's a real argument to be made here now with enough evidence that actually you should prevent this because what you want these companies to do is spend their money making the networks better. And if you don't just stop them from chasing content integration, they will get distracted Yep, because they always get distracted and it always fails. So like, I still think they're doing shady things in the network. I still think they're coming to shady agreements. I still think that given half an ounce of regulatory leeway, they will start. I mean, they are, they're like raising prices and putting data caps on after the pandemic. Like, They will act badly because they have no real competition for most people. Dieter, you can't switch from Comcast, right? They're going to act like monopolies because they are. But it is also true that even if you just want to look at it in the coldest business sense, they will chase the worst idea that any ISP has ever had every single time. They will buy Time Warner. (laughs) (laughs) They will just do it every time. Actually, we keep mentioning NBC and Comcast. Really interesting thing that is playing out with, um, Comcast right now, when NBC bought Comcast, they were under a consent agreement with the FCC and the FTC that they could not mix content and access, right? That agreement has expired. Comcast hasn't really done anything else because there's still lawsuits and regulatory instability. Joe Biden's just like talking about bringing it back. So they haven't tried to mix it. That means both businesses have done well and analysts are like, you should spin off NBC. (laughs) Like, even when you do it as well as you can do it, people are like, why'd you do this? Yeah. Like, this doesn't make any sense for your business. So we'll see what happens with the net neutrality thing. The other piece, and Alex, I know you're in on this, oh, yeah. uh, right to repair. I love it. A lot of right to repair in this order.
5: Yeah. So so I guess, like, farmers are going to be able to repair their deer tractors now. Um, I think the the big thing was that it was kind of broad, but he, he basically told the FCC that they really need to be thinking about, like, how to stop unfair competitive restrictions on third party repair or self repairs and specifically cited it didn't cite John Deere but specifically cited tractors and and farm equipment as as the big thing but obviously like that's i think gotten the most press but it also counts for like phones and and laptops and everything else that you want to repair that is virtually impossible to repair yourself right now
0: yeah and the idea is that you should be able to get manuals you, there shouldn't be software locks and you should be able to get OEM parts, which is really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I just had the CTO John Deere, Jamie Hinman on decoder. You know, he, his it's fascinating, right? Smart guy makes products. People like his arguments against repairing a tractor are exactly the same arguments that Apple makes against re- repairing your phone, right? He's like, you'll do dangerous things. It's regulated. It's a computer. We've got to keep the criminals out. And it's like, or you could just let us repair it. Like it's, like, the farmer's like, these are our tractors. They cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, let us repair them. I'm like, it's my phone. It costs $1,500. Repair. <laughs> um, I think this is a surprisingly big deal. This is, like, Rice right Repair, uh, Motherboard and Vice have done a, just a tremendous job of covering it over the yeah. years. We've been interested in it. They've really led the way in coverage. It's been kind of amazing to see just, like, how focused they've been on it. But it's right there.
5: I think the reason we focus so much on John Deere is because everybody else we kind of had it slowly taken away from us, right? Like it was bit by bit by bit losing the ability to repair your your laptop. Like I remember replacing the entire display on my G three Pismo um, <laughs> that I spray painted in a bathtub in wow, college. Amazing. I made some. What color choices. did you spray paint it? Purple. Okay, it was, that's a great choice. Yeah, what are you talking about. Then, but then my friends would come over and be like, why is there purple spray paint all over your bathtub?
4: And then you say that's none of your business.
5: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> get no out of more. my bathroom. Yeah.
5: Um, I did not get my deposit back. But <laughs> 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 don't do that. But we all – like it's been chipped away. Like the things you could repair, like these companies like OWC and iFixit, which I still think of – I still type in PB fix It when I'm trying to go to iFixit. It's mm. just muscle memory. Like, the stuff that you could buy from those places to do your repairs a decade ago, even, like, five years ago, there was so much more stuff. And now it's, like, you can buy some special screws and some special, like, bits to remove the screws. That's that's about yeah. it. Maybe a yeah. battery, if you're lucky. Um, you better get your heat – like, a heat gun out to remove the yeah. current battery. So, like, I think it's, it's good. It's – you know, as a big nerd – even though I have friends who have these tractors and are very excited, it's going to be easier for them to repair their $100,000 tractor that uses GPS to, like, paint hay lines or whatever. I don't know. Like, they're very excited. But, but the rest of us, like, I, I'm pumped. And I think this is a huge, huge deal. And, like, I think it's it's really great that it's finally happening. Maybe? We'll see. Because it's still just the STC was told to crack down.
0: He's like, I
4: would encourage you to do this.
5: Yeah, I'm sure they'll all be immediately told asked to recuse when they start the crackdown.
4: <laughs> I've been collecting a bunch of old PDAs to like show off on a shelf, and I forgot that <laughs> on the handspring visor, the stylus, you could unscrew the cap of it, and it had a little tiny Phillips screwdriver that was exactly designed for the Phillips screws on the visor itself. That's awesome. So that you could... You could take it apart and fix stuff and resolder the... Wires because that's how old that thing was. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um, the other thing that's really interesting about this executive order, yeah, you, you know, you're right. He, he's in, instructing all the heads of all the departments to go do stuff, but it's explicitly uh, under the rubric of promoting competition. It's not Apple is bad or right to repair is morally right. It's no, no, competition, y'all, is actually good. And in order for us to have competition, we should do this stuff. Um, and so ins- instead of leading with the thing that everyone can argue about, he's leading with, "Hey, isn't competition good?" And then it, everyone will be like, "Yeah." And then it, and then he's like, "Okay, well, how about this stuff?" And it it will pull more people along, theoretically, if our politics aren't completely broken, which maybe they are. I agree with you. What, what one of the more interesting things about this whole situation
0: is the bipartisan shuffle that is occurring, right? So like, right to repair, bipartisan support, like. Farmers live in red states. Their representatives hear from them like they're into it. They're like happy about it. Consolidation in meat packing. Republi- Republican representatives and senators like care about it a lot. Yeah.
5: Republican senators actually don't like it. The consolidation in meat packing is like this whole weird thing that's happening where a lot of people are for. Like a lot of the independent producers are for it, but the larger producers, who are the bulk of producers in the U.S are against like stopping the consolidation. They like the consolidation because they get the good deals and stuff.
0: There's always a group of people who really like the consolidation. Yeah. <laughs> they tend so, to have a lot of money and they speak loudly.
5: So you have like these these different groups. But they're but they're all Republican, which is great. So it's like this 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 fighting between these different like producer groups.
0: No, so I mean it's like there's there a shuffle here that is happening under the the usual red and blue shuffle that we're used to as it relates to competition. Here's my favorite part of the order, because I think this is very funny. So he, in, he encourages the chair of the Federal Communications Commission, who, by the way, is the acting chair, not the chair. He's got to nominate somebody. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he encourages Jessica Rosenworcel, who's currently the acting chair, to adopt net neutrality rules, blah, 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 to conduct future spectrum auctions, and then provide support for the continued development and adoption of 5G open radio access network protocols and software. Oh, no. ORAN. Oran is the network software stack that Dish Network is supposed to use to make its five G network to compete with T Mobile, AT and Verizon. That's correct. Like in here, he's like, "Can you just goose that along a little bit?" (laughs) (laughs) Because nothing's happening here. (laughs) Somebody help Charlie. Yeah. Uh, So I mean, that it's this is like this underlying. We don't think about five G networks as having suppliers and vendors, right? We're like, we usually live at this high consumer level, like. We think about AT&T and Verizon as providers of 5G to us, the consumer. They've got to go out and get Nokia and Siemens and whoever else to like put stuff on their towers. Right. And right now all that stuff is effectively proprietary. Like you buy into one system. O-RAN is the open one where any any supplier can be a vendor. A lot of this is aimed at increasing competition so we're not reliant on Chinese companies like Huawei. Right. So even in here, all the way down to the nerdiest thing I can think of on the Vergecast, Joe Biden's like, I got an idea about O'Ran. Put that in there. Just for you. Does Joe Biden have that idea, or
4: does Tim Wu have that idea? (laughs) That's definitely Tim
0: Wu's idea. (laughs) (laughs) It's absolutely Tim Wu's idea. This entire section, by the way, is uh, under a previous section uh, that instructs uh, to protect the vibrancy of American markets for beer, wine, and spirits. The Secretary of Treasury shall not, after 120 days of this order, submit a report to the chair of the White House assessing the current market structure and conditions of competition on beer, wine, and spirits. Like he's all over the place. Yeah, he's like too many, too much consolidation in the spirits market. Diageo, get in here. I like the idea that there's like a there's an alliance between like Diageo and fish. Verizon, <laughs> Meat Packers. They're like, <laughs> you're killing us, Joe. <laughs> um, Diageo, give me a call if you ever want to do a vodka brand. I've got ideas for it. <laughs> so I feel like we have to talk about Branson Virgin Galactic first. Yeah. Flight he was on it
4: made a big deal. It was real weird. Yeah, it was weird. They they made a fake video of him riding his bike to the spaceport, which it turned out he like just he had ridden his bike the day before. They, they faked it. I'm all for bike riding, but I mean I don't know how I, I don't know how that connects to anything. The thing that's interesting to me is like Amazon and like Blue Origin. They had to like be snipey about this too. Like that it's not technically space, you know? It's like, okay. Yeah
0: great. Well, so the the really interesting thing about this, like the bicycle, the video, we're very used to SpaceX, Right. right? Probably everybody listening to the show has watched a SpaceX live stream. SpaceX basically apes NASA, right? And NASA is like NASA TV is not like action packed. Right. Right. NASA, like their streams are, you know, they're a government agency trying to educate the public and inspire the youth to do math or whatever. And they're very dry and direct. SpaceX Elon's an engineer like that's an engineering company famously you know Tesla doesn't do any marketing like so SpaceX looks a lot like NASA I think as a company they're engineering focused most SpaceX launches are like after the launch there's a long period of just like watching a rocket float into the sky while a dot on a bar graph at the bottom moves along and then like excited people tell you about space engineering and people are captivated by this this all makes sense our science team has very conflicted feelings about those SpaceX live streams, right? Because they're not real. Like they ape a thing that looks official. They ape the government regulated thing, but they're a private company that looks like it, but they're still pretty good. And people watch them and people like them. Branson is literally like a music video executive, (laughs) right? That's who he is. He's an entertainment executive. The Virgin Galactic stream was like an infomercial. Like, no aping NASA whatsoever. There was another stream that was up from uh, just, like, a like a YouTube channel. And they were just like, yeah, watch us if you don't want the fluff. Because yeah. interspersed with the regular Virgin Galactic stuff was like, you know, like, at the Olympics, they do, like, human interest pieces on, like, athletes? Yeah. It was that, but for Branson. And then, like, one about what about his mom? Like just like all this stuff hyping it up. And I was like watching, it. I was like, this is this like a sci-fi movie where the rocket explodes. <laughs> <laughs> like it like ma- it like it made me anxious as I was watching. It. I was like, if you say something is great this much, like
4: something I've will... seen
0: movies, man, I
4: yeah. know what happens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it all went off. It was fine. But it, as space gets more privatized and commercial, I think we've all been kind of lulled into complacency by SpaceX being this engineering company that kind of looks like NASA there, it's going to get commercial like yeah. that plane landed and they're like here's a song richard branson commissioned from khaled and then we just like listen to a song for a while like why is this happening and i i think we we're, we should all just get ready it's like blue origin does it and virgin galactic does it and other companies start to do commercial space mm-hmm. they're going to do commercial space and it's going to look like branded content not, like if something went wrong in that flight would you I would not have trusted that video to be an accurate representation of the flight correct yeah it
5: would have just been cycling on the same two seconds over and over again until they figured out what to say
4: yeah I mean the thing about this stuff is the, it's these huge celebrations uh and if you actually step back and think about what are we celebrating we are celebrating the fact that private companies uh, have done something that we did as a like society and a government 70 years ago 60 years ago, whatever. Like, that's, that's what we're celebrating. And I know that's reductive and it's more than that, but I don't know. It is a little weird. Like, the joke that billionaires are going to space, they should stay there. I don't want anybody to die, obviously. <laughs> but I do, um, do want to know, like, other than a PR opportunity, like, tell a better story of what the purpose of your, you know, space rockets are.
5: Well, the Branson's is just a PR opportunity, right? Like he's just Branson said, s- he
0: was evaluating the product, Like he came <laughs> off his rocket. Right. And they're like, what was it? And he was like, that was amazing. I've dreamed of it such, since I was a little boy. What a great opportunity to evaluate the customer experience. And it's like, uh, like you're not Neil. Like that's Neil Armstrong. Like say like one small step for like they evaluate the customer. That's what your brain went to. Yeah. And like uh, that, that's what I mean. Like that's I said, man, we, QA is
4: important. Right,
0: (laughs) I just like, you sound like that line manager at a jelly bean factory. Like, what are you doing, man? (laughs) It just really struck me that we're really used to SpaceX and SpaceX conducts itself one way that looks a lot like NASA. And like I said, our science team has conflicted feelings about that. Right. But even still, like, it'd be hard for me to make the case to most listeners to show that that, that's like problematic. Your, your, Your conflicted feelings there are like, can you really trust this? It looks like a thing you can trust, but whatever. But it still, it had a sincerity to it. It continues to have a sincerity to it. This Virgin Galactic thing was, I don't think we're actually ready for the commercialization of space and what it will look like. And this one to me, it was like, oh boy. Mm. We
5: just saw it. That said,
0: I would love to have that customer experience. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be so rad. Okay. Some gadgets. There's like a bunch of little gadget leaks along the way. Dieter, walk us through them.
4: Uh, we've probably got Samsung's entire unpacked device lineup uh, that leaked, uh, so we're looking at everything we expected: Z Fold three, Z Flip, whatever the number is, uh, some watches. So that's happening. I think the date is also rumored. Uh, I want to say it's August 11th. Yeah, I'm excited to see what um, what happens with uh, the the fold the the Flip two is going to have a bigger screen. That'll be good. The Z Fold three will have stylus support. I hope there's something else to this story because um the fold three needs more than just stylus support. It needs a little bit more elegant software, it needs to get thinner, they need to change the form factor. I don't know that this is a year for that. Uh maybe it's a year that it they bring the price down even further. Like if yeah. they if they have this thing and it's like fifteen hundred bucks, like that's exciting. Otherwise, it's not. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Well, the watch is exciting, right? This is going to be the watch is
0: exciting. Yes, this is
5: going to be a big deal for the watch.
0: No, I think this is the right year for the full three. Everyone's like, they poor Sam's like the pandemic hit, everyone stayed at home. Like, right, I'm excited about a uh, phone size thing that maybe is a little thinner that like opens up into a bigger, useful thing. Like, yeah. Mobile
4: computing's back, baby. Yeah, but the Fold Three was the perfect pandemic phone if you could afford it because you could—you you wouldn't feel weird carrying around this big remote control in your pocket all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't matter if it was awkward because you weren't going anywhere, and then you would have a big screen, you know, with you all the time instead of your phone. It was great.
0: Yeah, I'm just like again. My dream is to uh, edit Verge articles with a pen. So if Google could get to supporting that in Google Docs, that'd be great. And then just imagine the havoc I would wreak on planes and subways with like a giant fold out tablet and a pen. I've had this dream for like 10 years. It's never going to come true, but just stay with me. Here.
5: Okay. I'm going to put my energy towards believing in that for you. <laughs>
4: I'll tell you what, I'm going to submit my next draft to you in word and then you'll be able to do it. Okay. I mean, I, I'll happily circle things in word. Yeah. You could do it on, on the, on your, you know, your bargain basement surface duo and you know, get a, get a surface stylus for that and you're good to go.
0: It doesn't quite, it's still not <laughs> quite what I want. I've, I've, I've thought about it. I've tried a little bit.
4: Yeah, there's I don't know. It's because it doesn't show up in all the places you want it to show up. I think you don't want the marking up. You just want the the experience of the power. So if you want me to come out to New York and you could just be like, give me pictures of Spider Man, then you know. Yeah, that's all I want.
0: When um here's a like one of if you're an editor like you know you watch the movies like the dream is that you will have the glass paneled conference room. And like all the pages of the magazine will be there and you'll like point at them and be like, that one needs a Spicer headline. Better photo here. Let's move this to the front of the, like you'll, I, I've never gotten to do this. Yeah. When Vox media and New York magazine merged, I went to visit the editor in chief of New York magazine, at their office and like hang out. And he was like, Oh, here's the room we put the print magazine together. And my immediate instinctive response was like, fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I looked so mad at him. He was like a little confused. <laughs> <laughs> i was like no no you don't understand this is just jealousy just a dream You're great david yeah just a dream i have let's end with what we promised we would talk about the freedom phone
6: everyone is complaining about big tech censorship but no one is doing anything about it they say build your own phone so i did
0: so dieter you a lot of people have tweeted at you a bunch of people have tweeted at me this is a, the second or third time the freedom phone has been announced what is the freedom phone
4: it is an uh, Android phone running probably, I guess, some version of Lineage OS that's basically just an Umidigi phone. And uh, it's a spitting image of the Umidigi A9 Pro, according to animation is key. I think it, that looks about right. And its uh, it has a app store that uh, cannot be censored, apparently, and it has some preloaded apps on it, and it runs Freedom OS, whatever that is. Freedom Phone truly is the best phone in the world. It does everything your current phone does, except censor you and spy on you. With the Freedom Phone, your freedom of speech is our number one priority. All of which is to say, uh, it's a grift. It is a way for <laughs> um, Eric Finman, who is selling this thing, to uh, squeeze a bunch of money out of people who are mad and think that buying uh, an Android phone that claims that it is free uh, is a way to solve that that anger. It's a grift. Don't, don't buy it. So, again, this is like the third time this thing has been announced.
0: We have passed on every time. We're going to try to get one. I think that's (laughs) important. But Eric Finman, there's a video. You can go watch it. This this guy. He's like, hi, I'm the world's youngest Bitcoin millionaire, which to me is a signal that I should stop watching a video. (laughs) You keep watching the video and he's like, we got to stop big tech. I've built this phone to fight back against the oppressive sensorial power of app stores and privacy, like whatever. Then he's like, I have an uncensorable app store on my phone, the freedom phone, Mm -hmm. which as Dieter pointed out is a rebranded Chinese Android phone. Mm -hmm. I would also point out, we've talked about app stores a lot on this show and in this world, you want a little censoring in your app store, just a little, (laughs) just a little, like you want like malware to not be in your app store, (laughs) uh, overt identity theft scams, maybe not in your app store. Uh, blatant ripoffs of other apps, fake Instagram clones. Like you want that not in your app store. So it's weird that he's like uncensorable app store. Yeah. Then it does kind of like, it's unclear what riff on Android this thing is running, but it's obviously a riff on Android. That also means it won't have the play store. Correct. Which means like you're going to buy this phone cause you want freedom. But what you will have achieved is like freedom from YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I don't know, man. He's selling it for a huge
4: markup over this Umi Digi phone. And I don't every, think it'll ever ship. I think it is all just a grift. Yeah. Every single thing on the website that says, uh, like, you want to find out more, like, it says uncensorable app store. And you're like, oh, I want to, what does that mean? What's the button that lets me click on it to learn more? It's buy it now. Preloaded apps. Oh, what are the preloaded apps? I'll click the button underneath it to find out what the preloaded apps are. It's buy it now. Oh, the Free Speech First operating system, Freedom OS. I wonder what the features of this operating system are. I'm going to click the button underneath that to find out what all this is about. That button is buy it now also. Can I just say my favorite thing about the buy it now situation is that buy it now. You can
0: enable you, they've enabled Apple Pay. So you can <laughs> you can buy your uncensorable phone with Apple Pay. It's very good. Like I said, we're, we 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 had this like internal argument about whether you want to give this obvious scam a lot of attention and we think the best way to do that is to joke about it for five minutes on the Vergecast, and then try to get one and see if we can pull apart what it actually is but just i mean if you're a listener of the show you know, the basics here are obviously scammy right like an uncensorable app store is inherently a bad idea
5: who is who is putting apps on that app store
0: i don't know man like <laughs> if in like so that you know their big one is parlor and gab they want them all on there blah 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 like sure i get it all right but parlor like parlor's android app probably relies on google play services it sure might because that's what they targeted it to <laughs> and they won't have google Play like it, this there's like just a very the basics of how a phone works here are like yes i wish that were more android variants yes there are lawsuits that might split apart place we talked about that last week this is just a dead ahead grift. It's also just very funny that it is. I mean, this is like how many small companies that have repackaged Chinese Android phones have we seen come and go? Like, it just like doesn't work. Anyway, that's the Freedom Phone. I hope we get one. If you have a line on one, please send it. Let us know. I'm not giving them my Apple Pay information. <laughs> it's not going to happen for me. But I would love to know more about this thing. Okay, a few things to call out when we can get out of here. Uh, Chris Welch reviewed the Sonos Picture frame seekers, mm-hmm. which definitely look cool. They're basically like a play one on your wall, which is neat. But the fact that you can't change the picture is like a huge miss to me.
4: Yeah, it's a huge miss. But also everyone's very first thought is, I bet I could figure out a way to fix that. I bet I could. Yeah, I could. I'll, I'll just take an exacto knife. Just go to town. Purple spray paint in the bathtub. Let's
0: get there, this done. Yeah,
5: that's all you need.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I've been reading a lot. I don't know why, why I keep chasing this stuff? Like, I just keep reading these articles at how you can take an Ikea Symphonis speaker and use it to drive other speakers. Yeah. It's apparently very easy.
4: Yeah.
5: Oh, that's cool.
0: Yeah. This is me saying I have a I have an idea for a bad Saturday project that will fail. <laughs> <laughs> um but that's the reviews on the site. Haim reviewed the tempad from Loki. which like just one of the funniest things Haim has ever written. It's very good. That's on the site right now. And then we've been talking a lot about net neutrality, internet bills. We have a partnership with consumer reports where we want to collect a lot of internet bills from people and just evaluate prices, speeds, fees, weird taxes, all that stuff. We're hoping to get tens of thousands of bills. Um, so go to the site, go to the consumer reports, send us your internet bill. Like, I, I,
5: But through the link.
0: But through the link, don't just yeah, like <laughs> mail us your bill. Uh, there's a link, there's a partnership, it's great. It's called Let's Broadband Together. Yep, we're going to keep everything private. Consumer Reports is running that whole side of it. We're going to do the analysis. I think there's a lot to learn here. So check that out. Send us your internet bill. Okay, that's it. I'm not going to tell you on, who's on Decoder next week, but this is just me chasing a big, fun, summary idea. You'll like it, but I'm actually not on the Vertiches next week. I'm on vacation. is going to do a full hour on RCS. Yeah, actually. It's going
5: to be so exciting.
0: <laughs> if I'm in control, that might happen. You never know. Yeah. Uh, you can tweet at us. I'm at Reckless Dieter's at Backlon. Alex is Alex H. Kranz. We love hearing from you. We'll see you in a little bit. That's it. That's for chest. Rock and roll.
4: Five stars.
1: You're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience okay chef you're looking at something you've never seen before much less tasted after your first bite you say nothing because you're speechless that's the powerful backing of american express see how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with amex terms apply